1: First of all, I want to speak to the Deputy Editor of the Impartial Reporter, Rodney Edwards. Rodney, good morning.
2: Good morning, Frank.
1: Rodney, your paper has brought us such moving stories over the last number of weeks about child sex abuse in for Mana in particular. And one harrowing story after another, as people, and I don't want to be flippant about this, but they almost queue up to talk to your team in your office about what has happened to them. Brave, courageous people, Coming forward, this story right. on the front of the paper this morning is absolutely harrowing. A 13 year old lad, a young lad who, you know, wanted to grow up to play football. He had a Man United fan. He would have loved to play for Tyrone. He he was living a an idyllic, happy life there between Tyrone and Fermanagh until he met a an RUC officer who lived in the in the in the area. It, it, t- tell us the story, please, Rodney. Sure. Well,
2: as you say this. Uh, is yet another alleged victim who's come forward to bravely tell uh, his story. As you say also we have heard from alleged victims of sex abuse uh, from different towns and villages across Romana, in homes, on school buses, in places where children should have been safe and alleged abuse carried out by people in positions of trust people that uh, had the trust of children. In this particular case, this was a former RUC officer. He wasn't uh, a serving officer when the the, the alleged abuse took place. Now, the the victim, the alleged victim, says he was just 10 years old when this man began to groom him. And he started doing that, Frank, by allegedly giving this this, this wee boy um, sweets, uh, chocolate-covered toffees, he recalls, um, started to give him pineapple juice because it was a, a mineral lorry that used to call it at, at various homes in the area apart from his own. So it was all new to him. So he alleges this man groomed him. The little boy, as, as you say, who, who had been enjoying uh, playing with his friends, uh, playing football, uh, dreaming of what he might become and just loving life. But that wonderful childhood in a a sleepy area, um, in a a rural area, soon became a distant memory. He was sexually abused, he says, by this man uh, for three years. And of course, I'll not go into detail, uh, but the abuse began when he was 10, and it got worse by the time he was 13. And it is that point that his parents discovered what was going on. Uh, The victim says that he, along with his father, reported to police what had happened but that nothing has been done and that his alleged abuser, now a retired officer uh, has never been found guilty of, of any crime and this 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 boy who grew up to be a, a man and is now 45 like so many other alleged victims, just wants justice
1: It's understandable that he does want justice, as a a very sad line in it where the parents are at Mass on a Sunday morning and they come home and the 13-year-old is in the bath and the parents are surprised he's in the bath because they couldn't get him to take a bath, as lots of parents will know. Trying to get a 13-year-old to, to go into the bath maybe is a difficult task. And they find him in the bath and they realise he's in the bath because he's been, he's been raped. At that point, they... Parent, one of the parents, the dad uh, takes him to the home of a a police officer who he who he obviously knows and trusts uh, to to talk it through with this this police officer, uh, and the the local priest gets involved too. It, it it just sounds like as if people didn't know where to turn.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but it also sounds like this this little boy was completely lost and didn't know what to do and, and to be honest that's pretty much how he still feels now as a, as a grown adult that he feels lost he doesn't know what to do and there are many other alleged victims in this area that feel the same and it's all as a result of brave men and women coming forward to tell their stories and last week the and I confirmed that they were reviewing 19 historical sex abuse cases in this area and I know that that figure is going to rise and I know that it is it is more than 19 in, in the last uh, week that, um, that, that, that specialist detectives will now have to look at and that is uh, very striking uh, but as I said to you before, Frank, when I was on your show, and, and thank you for having me again, um, we wouldn't be having these conversations if it wasn't for brave people like this, the, this person uh, coming forward to tell their stories.
1: Th- this abuse carried out on this young fella was it all was it all done before the alleged abuser joined the RUC, or was it done while he was? already in the RUC. The, re- the reason that I'm asking the question is, in one of his descriptions in your paper, he says when he was being ferried about in what sounds like a farmer's Land Rover uh, the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the abuser uh, began to speak violently to him uh, if he was to report this. He says, I, I, will, I will see that you'll never see your dad again and he showed him a revolver so he, 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 at that point the alleged abuser did have, a, did have access to a revolver.
2: Yeah, well, at that point, um, the alleged abuser was no longer in the police. Um, so you know, he was he was formerly in the police,
1: I got you, I got you.
2: He okay. was, yeah, he was formerly in the police when the allegations were ongoing, but given um, you know his position in the community... Um, he was highly regarded um, and that's something that we've seen the whole way along here with with some of these allegations that are being made about people who are highly esteemed who have you know generally good reputation in the area good standing and are or were in positions of trust
1: your investigations also seem to be closing in on at least one businessman in in the area and people are coming forward and as you say the specialist team of investigating officers who are taking it incredibly seriously now in 2019 unlike they did in 1986 or even apparently in the story in 2003 it was it wasn't been taken very seriously or dealt with properly by by the police force they, they, they are closing in on individual people in your area, which we call Fermanagh. Is there a possibility, Rodney, that if other local papers were to be doing what you're doing, leading from the front on this investigation, that people would have the confidence to come to those papers and that there would be many examples of abuse throughout Northern Ireland or do you get a sense that it's just an unearthed horror in Fermanagh?
2: No, no, absolutely not. Um, I believe that it's it's an issue that probably hasn't been talked about or even examined in other towns and villages across Northern Ireland and I am not going to tell any reporter or newspaper what to do but if I was sitting in a local newspaper anywhere else in the country, I would be having a luck. I would be asking questions. I would even be posing the questions to the readers. You know, if you want to talk about this and have the strength to come and talk, uh, first of all, get some help, go to the police. Uh, and if you, after that, feel like you can share your story, come and do it. Um, and I, I would be surprised if there wasn't a response like what we have had in other towns and villages as well, um, because it's so important that, um, Journalism shines a spotlight on on issues like this and as you say there are serious questions for the police and just if I could just say just for a point of of clarity um, in terms of the police response in this regard in 2003, the police actually confirmed yesterday that an allegation of child sex abuse was made to them in 2003 in relation to this case and that a file was submitted to the DPP. However, they were only able to go into other detail due to time constraints. So that was sort of their response yesterday. And if I could also say uh, there's quite an interesting statement arrived yesterday from the PSNI yesterday evening in relation to all of this coverage in Fermanagh and everything that we've been doing for the last three months. And they said that there is no information at present to suggest that there was a network of organised involvement in the abuse of children in the Fermanagh area. But crucially, Frank, they have confirmed what we have been saying for months, that there may be links between some offenders who have committed crimes on more than one victim. And that is significant because you've already said yourself that, um, you know, we're closing in on, on one businessman. Was well, not just one businessman. We have been given uh, names of, of other alleged offenders several times and it's not just one person and it will be very interesting to see how this develops um, and I hope that the victims and of which there are now many I hope that they finally get the justice that they so deserve
1: Do you think there are people in Fermanagh who are seriously worried who are living lives of absolute fear because of what they did in the past?
0: Well,
2: they may well be um, living living like that at the moment. They may may well be worried and concerned. They may well feel sick to the pits of their stomach. But, you know, what you have to remember is all these alleged victims have been feeling that way for decades. They've been feeling the, the anxiousness, the the, the, the fear, uh, and the deep, deep upset. And, and, and you know, they deserve to be um, to be getting the justice that they need. But those victims have been feeling all of those emotions for, for decades. And, you know, now it's the time that if, if, if these people have committed these crimes, that they not only feel that way as well, but that they are brought before the courts. Do you think their
1: families know that the spotlight's on them?
2: Um, I suppose without going into any detail, I do know um, of at least two cases... Um, in which family members allegedly know uh, what um, has been um, claimed. And so I do think there are some conversations, some very awkward conversations, difficult conversations, uh, maybe a better way to put it, um, taking place in in the county. Do you
1: think that some of those people who believe that they're being accused that they, they may, one or two individuals may come forward to clear their name, may come forward to speak to the police to ask why a spotlight is being, being put on them or indeed even to come forward to admit their guilt?
2: Mm, I, I don't know. Um, I mean we obviously have to be very careful of what we report and have done uh, the whole way along and you know, I think if, I don't think anybody um, who these stories are about can, can really so they probably know that that some of it's been um, pointed at them but they can't say for sure I suppose and I think maybe that's an admission of perhaps guilt if they do come forward as a result um, but we will continue to do what we've been doing um, and I can say Frank that there are more stories to come. There are more victims to be heard. And there are more questions for the authorities and not just the PSNI, um, but other authorities. And that will all continue in the coming weeks. And, you know, we've been listening to um, lots of stories in the last year uh, in relation to the journalists Trevor Burney and Brian McCaffrey. And I think what happened to those two um, journalists, those respected journalists, reinforces the importance of fearless journalism, of of truth-seeking. And we as a a local newspaper will continue to make a lot of noise until the victims of alleged child sex abuse in Fremont get justice. And we can only do that uh, through the the, the bravery and and courage of, of those victims who continue to come forward.
1: Uh, What other groups do you feel have questions to answer? You say not only the police, are you talking about, are you talking about social services in some way? Are you talking about churches? Are you talking about sporting organisations? What do you mean by other groups other than the police?
2: Yeah, well, I suppose without going into detail just yet because I haven't completed uh, those stories, but we are talking about other institutions. We are talking about um, there are there will be questions for the health authorities. There will be questions for uh, for the church. There are lots of questions um, for those public bodies that are tasked with, you know, looking after children and, and, and having that responsible role, um, so it's not just the PSNI that have questions to answer in terms of the way in which some of these cases have been handled, but other organisations as well. And I am working on a number of reports at the moment um, that will emerge in the coming weeks. Uh, and of course, uh, Frank, uh, if, if you'll have me, I will, I will um, share those with you when the time comes.
1: It must be very difficult for you as a journalist to sit with the people who come to you because obviously you first and foremost have to be sure they're telling you the truth. And as a result of that, you sit with them for a very long time, probably with maybe other advisors listening to the to what will be a harrowing conversation. How, how difficult is that as a journalist?
2: Yeah, well, on a personal level, it, 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 can, be, um, it can be very moving Uh, I've been working here now for 10 years, and this is perhaps uh, among the most moving um, stories uh, that I've ever worked on. So the way it works, uh, Frank, is an alleged victim will make contact and and we will meet. And I will sit with that person for as long as it takes, and we will go through um, their allegations uh, bit by bit, and I will constantly look at ways, like like you would yourself, constantly look at ways to, to, to find holes uh, in their stories to, to try to put them over things and challenge them on things and try to question a lot of the allegations. And all of the time, I am more the content than what I am hearing, uh, I believe, to be the truth. And that is why um, I think we have certainly built up a, a real rapport with our with our readers, which is very humbling that they are able to trust us about something that is so sensitive and personal. And, you know, it can be very difficult when you when you see people, so in some cases people that you know, because this is a very small community, people that you know um, who are upset, uh, who are going through something, who are discussing something so personal, perhaps for the first time in their lives, and, and that has happened in on numerous numerous occasions where alleged victims have shared their stories uh, with us before even their own families. And I suppose it takes some sauce in the fact that it has helped those alleged victims to have that conversation. But then off the back of that, they're able to go off and they're able to talk to their families about it. They're able to seek help um, and they're able to also go to the police. And I think I said this the last time we spoke, but it is so important that if anybody is listening to this and are affected by the content or feel re-traumatized, perhaps, um, and maybe have experienced something similar, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that there is help out there um, from a range of organisations, including Nexus. And I do hope that if you if you do need the help, that you, you go and seek it. But also, um, I think it's it's so important that um, the police really uh, reinforce um, their message as well, that that they will actually listen to victims. Because I think the problem for a lot of these alleged victims uh, over the last number of decades is that they feel that they have not been listened to and that their stories have not been taken seriously. Um, So I think it's so important that that those people uh, get the help that they so badly need.
1: Rodney, really appreciate you speaking to us this morning. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you indeed.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh
2: Thank you.